Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the King Never podcast. We're recording this on April 15th, 2020, which just so happens to be tax day here in the United States. Holy cat. Yeah. <laughs> Joining me today are Nick and Jordan. Say hello, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? This is Jordan, bass guitar. So I went back and, and checked uh, the previous podcast that I did. Guess how long it's been since I've done a King Never podcast. Probably about the same since your last release, uh, two and a half years. Ooh, even more than that. Wow. Three years? Almost, almost 10 years. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> well, you can't rush this sort of thing. That's right. And it, it was kind of funny because the last one was I did um, when Jordan, we recorded We Three Kings was the last podcast oh that we did. So uh, that was in December of uh, 2010. Still want to add that back into the set list, our one uh, Christmas song. Yeah, when we, when we are ever able to do uh, a gig again. So like many bands, you know, we've had to cancel our world tour due to the uh, COVID-19 crisis. So we're trying to figure out uh, other alternate ways to uh, get the word out about what we're doing. I am kidding about the world tour, although we did. And about the virus, it really doesn't exist. It's all a sham. True. Go ahead. And we, but we really did hope to play a few gigs at the beginning of the year, but that didn't really work out because we're pretty much all affected by various stay-at-home orders. So, anyways, this podcast is a way, I guess, for us to uh, say hello. Hope everyone's doing well. And if you've been living under a rock for the last month, you probably don't know or do know that we've released a new song called stick in the mud we released it on march 16th 30 days ago so we thought that we would uh, take this opportunity since we can't get together and practice to do a quick podcast about the song and no pressure guys but the song is five minutes 11 seconds long so we at least have to talk that long oh boy well i think your intro covered you that think so actually. was that too long Oh. <laughs> Three minutes and 12 seconds. Well, I can edit a lot of it out in post. Okay. It's not a fast-paced podcast. No one has anything to That's do right. anyway. That's true. If you're sitting home. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? How's the uh, the uh, stay-at-home order affecting you guys? I'm staying at home. That's how I'm dealing with it. Um, I love it, actually. like, I mean, <laughs> I don't love everything that's going on, obviously, but I'm a very uh, indoorsy person. So I'm having plenty of fun playing video games, working on music, watching movies, binge watching shows, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. I've actually been enjoying it too. I don't know if you guys can tell behind me, but you can't really, but I have tidied up the studio a bit. It's a little less uh, disastrous than it was the last time we got together. I see some chairs back in the corner. Yeah, I got some chairs. Nice. Um, a little lounge chair, area. Little lounge area going on. No one no one to lounge with. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. No, it's set up uh for when you empty drum empty set. Empty drum set. Yeah. It's all very sad and lonely. And if you're since you can't watch this anyway on the podcast, just imagine a very sad, lonely musicianless studio. Yes, it's very dark and dreary. So, anyways, why don't we talk about our new uh, our new single, Stick in the Mud? And this was like the first song that we recorded in our new practice space. So that was kind of fun. 
for the for the previous endeavor, we had Nick's his drum set set up in my garage, which was probably not the uh, the best recording environment, but we we made it work. Yeah, it worked out. It was just pretty good. Sounded better than I thought it would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the bummer with that setup was that I I didn't really want to leave things set up long term because you know the garage is not not the best environment for expensive microphones so mm-hmm. we, we set stuff up and tore it down really quickly yeah and i brought uh i think i brought my other one of my other drum sets over so we had to set all that up get it situated get everything to how we liked it and then yeah I had to tear it all right back down afterwards yeah that was not ideal i think the the new space afforded us the nice luxury of Basically being able to, I mean, your drum sets, I don't know, it's been set up in the same spot for probably over a year at this point. And that allowed mm-hmm. me a lot of a lot of time to mess with the microphone placement and getting better sounds for this, for this new song. Yeah, for those of you following along at home, what we had before is we're at uh, the McCabe farm where uh, Matt lives and he built a custom studio, uh, which is relatively recent. Before that, what they're talking about is they hold, held everything in the garage which had other functions as a normal garage. This one is just strictly a dedicated studio. So now you've got the drum set set up, all the microphone placement, things that you couldn't do before. And that's what we're referring to. Clearing up for those of you who didn't know that I mean, part. people can't read our minds and know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're in a much better spot as far as being able to rehearse and record now. And plus the new space is air-conditioned and heated, which oh, yes. is, is a huge advantage rather than being in an unheated and uncooled garage, which I think at one time, Nick, when we were practicing, it was like over 93 degrees in the garage, which was pretty pretty unbearable. Yeah, and then for a while we were doing... Monday night practices and we would do them after I got off work. And so it would be kind of late by the time we're finishing up and it would be pretty cold in there. Yeah. So yeah, we experienced kind of the both extremes. So we're living in the lap of luxury now. Oh yeah. It's nice. Unless of course you have to like, you know, walk your amplifier 150 <laughs> yards through a muddy hilly field. Well, if you need to do that, well, you could, not you could leave it here, Jordan. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll buy a separate one just for that room. So anyways, let's transition to the new song because we keep hinting at it. Okay, Matt McCabe, here, let me take this. Okay, so it's the, the title is, hit it, Matt. Stick in the Mud. And what is it about? What's the what's the concept behind the song and what made you write it? Well, I think everyone's, at least in the United States, probably in the world is familiar with the this expression stick in the mud, basically being a uh, curmudgeon set in your ways. So that's kind of what the song is about, generally speaking. I don't know. I kind of like to leave a lot of it open to interpretation as to what the listener thinks it may or may not be about. But let's just say in this case, there is an unlikely messenger that challenges the character in the song to perhaps make some change and realize that there may actually be some possibilities for a stick in the mud. Okay, now, did you have the, the, the music and the lyrics at the same time, or did you kind of assemble them? Like, I have this piece, I have six pieces of music here and one set of lyrics. I'm going to put them together, or did you write at the same time? So, typically, the music comes first because 
I'm a guitar player and that's kind of, you know, the first thing that, um, I guess my first love as far as music is concerned. And, um, we usually, what I'll do is I'll record a quick demo of just of my guitar and maybe some program drums and then just listen to it a bunch, uh, to and from work. And usually as I'm experimenting with different melodies, some placeholder lyrics will come into mind and frequently those lyrics kind of become an integral part of the song. Um, in this case, the placeholder lyric, which is, well, I won't tell you which, which verse it's in, but it's actually from one of our other songs, which I don't think anyone has clued into yet. So that's maybe something, a challenge for listeners. They can see if they can figure out which lyric I took from another King Never song. I wonder if I know it. I have to go back and think about it. Okay, so going to the progression of the song. So you 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 lay down all the the, the, the basic stuff, and then Nick, what did you receive? How did you get your parts? Did we, did you come up with it live or at home? I came up with everything at home, just after listening to everything and kind of trying to you know put my own little spin on the drum section. Yeah, I just came up with everything here just kind of going through it, listening to it over and over again and trying to get the feel for it. You know, I wanted to keep it a, a little bit simple throughout the verses and kind of pick it up a little bit in the chorus. And then, of course, uh, you know, we've got that cool little breakdown where things get a little complex. The bridge section, that's what really sold it. When uh, we're all practicing uh, at the studio and Matt comes in with some song ideas and he plays this one and what really, and we all liked it, but what really sold it was that bridge section. And I heard that and I said, okay, there's a spot for the drums to really kind of have this huge crescendo and maybe some like big bass pad Mellotron, that whole bridge. It's just got a great build. And uh, for me, that's where uh, the climax of the song is. And the drums really make that part come out. Yeah, I think that's a really kind of cool section because the whole rest of the song leading up to that is in 4-4. Four, four, and at that point, the song switches to either 6-4 or 3-4, depending on how you count it. So kind of the whole feel of the song changes during the uh, the breakdown. So you have a time signature change in, in your song then? Yes, which is un unusual. <laughs> <laughs> But it was funny because I was thinking I was going to say it switches to an odd time signature. But if it, I counted in six four, so technically that's not an odd time signature, right? It's an even time signature. Even so, it's an alternate time signature. Is that what we'd call that's it? A better, a better way to say it. Or we just count it in three four, which would then be an odd time signature. But there are no measures of five or seven in this particular song. No, no. And once we're out of the the breakdown, it goes right back into four four. <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, for the non musicians listening, that's kind of like the I don't know, probably ninety nine point nine percent of the rock and pop songs are in four four. Yes, and zero percent of the King Never songs, <laughs> which is entirely <laughs> untrue. That's untrue, but it's it's really close. <laughs> it's really close. So Nick, the other the uh, there's two cool things uh, I like that you did with your drum track. I mean, your playing on the song is all fantastic, but I think the two things that stand out to me the most are during that breakdown section, it starts, the whole arrangement drops down from, you know, full band to just guitar and basically ride cymbal. 
and then Jordan comes back in with the bass and then the drums really come in and make a powerful statement. But you come in on one mm-hmm. with the snare hit, yeah. which which is very unusual. Yeah. If, if the song were in 4-4, four, four, the, the snare hits would typically be on 2 and 4. Uh, snare hits are almost never on one, so it's very unusual. In, in fact, when I remember when we were rehearsing it, that threw me for a loop a couple times. And, and I remember we would actually stop the song because I thought I had dropped a beat or something or had come in at the wrong spot. So that's cool. That's, that's a, that, that's a cool little accent there. Yeah. I, I remember uh, doing that, you know, when we first played it together like that. And I remember that happening where, you know, we had to stop a couple of times cause we got mixed up and I remember thinking, Oh man, I hope I didn't, you know, do something <laughs> stupid here with this. I wanted to do something a little complex. And, but um, like one, cause you guys didn't even know it was coming, you know, we just kind of went through it. And, but I, once we kind of all knew that that was there, we were able to, you know, breeze through it and, and kind of, you know, make it work and it sounded good and you guys liked it. So yeah, I'm, as you guys know, I'm kind of up for anything that's a little unusual and off the beaten, <laughs> the beaten path. The other that's really- why the drums work in this band. That's why Nick works for the King Never Banks and everything. There's nothing conventional about the drumming. Yeah, nothing, I, I, I nothing think cookie cutter about. <laughs> yeah, Nick, I think you've always been Ooh. able to navigate all the the twisting and turning of the various time signatures and and while still making it sound smooth and natural, which I think is just which which is awesome. Well, thank you. The other the other cool thing that I really like is, and I think we actually came up with this when we were recording the song is the the last chorus or you know for all the choruses um leading up to the last one you just play like a, a ride ride symbol during the choruses i yeah. i think on probably quarter notes and, and then yeah. for the last chorus you you go to more of an eighth note pattern and as the song fades out and i i don't know for whatever reason i just i love that part of the song it kind of, to me, it harkens back to a lot of the albums that I grew up on where as the song was fading out, you know, the band would really start jamming and you're like struggling to hear that last little <laughs> guitar note or, or drum fill yeah. or whatever. And so, you know, we, we, I, I think we made a conscious effort to try to emulate, emulate that. And I don't know, I just love that part of the, of the song. It's funny that you brought that up because I remember uh, either right around the time we were recording it or before, but we were talking about that specifically, how the songs would really pick up right at the end as they're they're doing that really, really slow fade. And uh, we actually played a couple songs just to get some examples and just kind of listening to them and just we were talking about how, you know, you're like, oh no, what? It's, you know, it's fading out now. And I want to like, I want to continue to hear what's happening because the song is still progressing as it's fading out. So yeah, that, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely one of my favorite parts as well. Yeah. I think it's always a cool technique to leave people wanting more as opposed to like, oh, thank, you know, thank God the song's finally over. I'm so sick of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so Jordan, Talk to us about okay, that. That was, that was a great later. <laughs> no, so so you know, kind of, I I think for me one of the the signature parts of the the bass track 
is at the beginning of every chorus, you have a very distinctive uh, bass melody that you play. Yeah, I'm normally, as, as, uh, I'm relatively new to the, I've been associated with the band a long time, but to this first time we all recorded together for this project. And I'm a very pocket bass player. But looking back in the other King Never stuff, it's like the bass is always very busy and there's always a lot of stuff going on. So um, for this one, uh, Matt, uh, the, the the songwriter, also he he wrote the bass line for the pre-chorus and I did. Yeah, well, we're sitting down, we're trying to figure out what do we do for the pre-chorus, and he had to sing it to me. It's like okay, in the in the pre-chorus area, and I couldn't really hear it, but that's the kind of thing that he kind of hears of this music, and so I combined that, and then I went back and and at home and listened to it and thought about. Um, the music and what is King Never Bass? It's it, it was more than what I was doing. I was playing something really simple, and so I came up with this melodic line that appears in the front of the song and um, after each chorus. And to me, I can't hear the song without it now. Yeah, I would agree. It's just kind of this really smooth melodic run that really works. And if it's not there, I you know we're thought should we put this through the whole song? No, we'll just put it in these few places, and it's a nice little hook that makes it come together. Yeah, I think it works great because w- without that bass part the you know the the verse would have a huge hole in it before the my singing starts because there's you know it's just basic yeah. guitar part and drums and you know would be no, a normal in the pocket bass line as you said so it's it's really kind of a signature piece of the song and i remember you had actually recorded a little bit of it at home and you sent me a, an audio text message of it i think <laughs> I, and I guess yeah and uh, i just remember listening to it and going, this is amazing. And you're so right. I I got that melody in my head and I, I couldn't imagine the song without that baseline anymore. It became so integral to the, to the song. Yeah. I thought it really worked well. And the other part, uh, of course is cool is, is the bridge and deciding what to do with that at the very end. Cause you have this, uh, huge build at the very end of the song. And so we ended up, um, using some bass pads and some bass pedals in addition to uh, the bass harmonics that I was doing. Yeah, so, I brought out the old, well, actually. Do we use the, the, the Moog? Yeah, it is the Moog uh, Taurus bass pedals during the bridge and also in the introduction. Um, it's in there too. And and I, I don't know, I just love the sound of, of that, the, that deep, you know, analog bass. The big Genesis kind of thing, Rush, Genesis, Pink Floyd, when they had that big bass sound, that's what I've, I always, I was thinking of that instantly. That's, I'd love that in the climactic moments of songs. Yeah. And it seems, I don't know, it seems to fit really well with the song. So it's, uh, it's funny, you know, the way we record, um, just based on scheduling and everything, you know, we're not all three of us recording on the same day around the same time. So, I heard, uh, initially heard the guitar and the vocals, and then we laid the drums down. And up until that point, that's all I know of the song. And so it's really cool to hear afterwards, you know, I've heard this song over and over and over and over again with just drums and guitar and vocals. And then to hear that bass come in after it's been recorded and completely change the way the song is for the better, you know, just completes it. It's, uh, it's really cool to hear that come together. That is cool. I wouldn't be able to record like that. I need the whole package because I'm basing what I do on the dynamics and what you're doing on the drums and also guitar. I'm basing the bass part on all of that. So I need to finish product before I could lay anything down. And that's what we, especially for the bridge we were talking about, my dynamics had to follow the drums. So 
I need kind of mm. everything together to know what to do. Glad it, glad it worked out that way. Give me the completed product and then I'll <laughs> add mine. And you can see if you want to be involved. It's like, okay, <laughs> that sounds okay. I'll play bass on it. <laughs> I approve. That's awesome. I'm trying to think of a couple other things that were worth highlighting. Oh, I will say that both of you guys work extremely quickly in the studio. I think Nick, I think we probably did maybe three, four takes of the song and we were done. What what you hear on the album is primarily one take with just a few little spots switched out here and there. And Jordan, I think we, we I don't know, probably spent a couple, maybe two hours recording your bass. Which is really a, a lot for, you know, about a minute's worth of music. But um Five minutes and 11 seconds of music. <laughs> you might have just done it right and looped it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, I know a lot of people, especially with electronic music production, there's the temptation to, you know, get a get a perfect measure of of the bass line or of the drums or of the guitar line and then just loop that throughout the song. And I've I I don't like doing that. So what you hear on the album is basically, you know, it's nothing's looped, nothing's repeated. It's all someone actually playing the song um, live with, you know, the exception of maybe an overdub here or there to fix a flub or to pick a better drum fill or a better bass fill or, or whatnot. So that's why it takes a little bit longer, you know, to get a, a good concise take. Uh, now, that being said, I take forever to record my parts especially guitar. I don't know. I, it just, there's a heavy revision process to everything you do. Th there is. And well, I think I, that sounds good. I think I'll keep that and not go back and change it. That doesn't sound like that's not a Matt McCabe <laughs> comment. Well, I think what's hard is when I record the demo, I record the, the demo of the song very quickly. And then I, but then I listen to it a million times and I become so accustomed to the tone and how I played it during the demo that I'm, when I'm recording, you know, the final track, I'm really trying to better that and come up with a similar tone. Can you guys hear the chickens making all the noise in the background? Yep. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so yes, my, the studio is located uh, near chickens. No, no, it's not. So, so that's why it, it kind of takes me forever to, to record my guitar parts is because I'm kind of, I have this idealized version of the guitar part that I'm trying to beat. Um, and also in this case with this song, because we were, you know, this was the first thing that we recorded in the new studio. I, I think I actually completed my guitar tracks three times, but I ended up redoing the first and the second time because I was still learning the room and experimenting with different mic placements and trying to trying to come up with the best sound. So that took a little bit more time. So you're recording, you're using speakers. You're not going direct out of your uh, Axe FX or whatever you're using. Yeah, 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 that is correct. I could use the Axe FX and go direct, but I do prefer to use, uh, to actually mic up my speaker cabinets. It's a little easier. I don't know. I guess it's just because that's the way I've been doing it. So I'm more accustomed to it. And I think it gives a little, the the sound is a little closer to to, you know, what I'm used to hearing. Uh, as opposed to if I were to go to direct, it would it would change it slightly. But I could certainly make it work if uh, if needed. 
Okay. Well, that's okay. One more thing I wanted to talk about. So we, re- we released this uh, a couple of weeks ago. And talk, talk about the cover art. Oh, yes. I'm glad you, uh, you mentioned that. So um, a gentleman by the name of Rick Law, who Jordan, I believe you went to high school with. One of my lifelong friends, Rick Law, who is this, uh, graduated early so he could form his own uh, art studio. And he, he and then he became, uh, I think it was a Disney artist at 19, has been working for Disney for a couple decades. Yeah. But he's just this phenomenal artist. Yeah, he's he's just so gifted. And, and I think, I mean, it may have taken him longer to create the artwork than, than and I think, but literally to me, it felt like I sent him a message and said, hey, Rick, would you be willing to do another cover for us? And it felt like in five minutes, he, he sent me back this completed artwork that was just beautiful and and perfectly captured kind of the, some of the themes in the song and and uh, just so happy that that he was able to do that for us. Uh, he also did the the cover artwork for our last EP called All These Things, and he did a phenomenal job on that as well. Very cool. I was, I was, I was happy with it. I didn't know, realize it was him until it was released. I'm like, wow, that's, imp- that's impressive. We can afford Rick Law? That's cool. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I, think he, I think he cut us a, a screaming deal. Yes. Unless oh. you sold a kidney or something. True. You know what? The I probably forgot or I did forget to mention the most important thing. People are probably listening to this podcast. Stop fidgeting, Nick. <laughs> you totally interrupted me, Jordan. So rude. Yeah, but he's <laughs> Nick's doing this the whole time, and it's like, I can stop I can, it. I can mute him. I was clicking through emails trying to um, oh. <laughs> find the outboard. <laughs> Looking for something to read. I was trying to look at it as we were talking about it. And I got the computer on my lap, so it's vibrating and shaking. You can hear every yeah. click. That's hilarious. So, all right. All right, I'm done. <laughs> so prob- the most important thing that I forgot to mention is where people can go to learn more about the band and listen to our song, which the easiest way is just to go to kingnever.com. And right there on the homepage, there's a big graphic of the excellent artwork by Rick Law. And if you click on that graphic, it takes you to a page where you can listen to the song right there. or uh, it also has links to like iTunes and Apple Music and Amazon and Spotify and whatnot to make it super easy for people to listen. <laughs> no matter your techno level. Yes, yes, yes. So is there anything else that we should mention about this song? Very, very cool. It's my favorite King Never song. Yeah. I really like it. I really like it. I think it's got it all. Well, I think that... I feel well, and that's probably very common for artists to say that their latest release is always their favorite. But I do feel like sonically, it's it's one of the our better sounding releases to date. So very excited about it. Very cool. Thanks for joining us on the King Never podcast. See you in another decade. <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll there'll be be more than that. I hope hope to maybe each time we release a song, we will. Uh, do a do a podcast so i think that's going to wrap up this edition of the king never podcast thanks for joining us jordan thanks for jumping on absolutely nick thanks for joining us as well of course thank you for having me and we'll have to do this again hopefully all the stay-at-home orders will get uh, lifted here soon and we'll be able to actually meet in person again and and make some noise (laughs) oh yeah I'll be ready. I'm practicing. All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. See you, folks. See you.